0: Hello everybody. Welcome back to Sequelitis. Uh welcome to Sequelitis. I'm Matt and I'm Manny and this is our horror movie edition, our Halloween edition.
1: But you can listen to it before
0: or after Halloween no, or really anytime you okay. Only listen to it on Halloween. Okay. Wait till Hallow's Eve then listen to it. What's going to happen? This is very important. What's going to happen to them if they don't listen to it on Halloween? Well, then a magical spell is going to happen to you. Your body is going to be taken over by a demon. Okay. Not from hell. Okay. From the under, under life, the one that's even even below that. So it's like the bad in between worlds. No, like if you were in hell and you were bad and you died, where well, you'd go from there. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's... Okay, well, don't don't
1: screw around. Only listen to this on Halloween. Yes. And then immediately delete it and unsubscribe from our iTunes so you don't accidentally listen to it again. Because we don't want anything bad to happen to
0: you. So, horror movies. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some horror films. Um, I just uh, bought The Evil Dead, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, season one? Yep, I just bought that. I saw... I pirated... Or no, I didn't pirate. I saw for free the first episode because it was one of those things where it's like, see... No, I did pirate it. I pirated the first episode. No,
1: but I think they had it to where you could watch it for free. I oh, think they I did? think the first one they, they had,
0: like, on... No, their... I tried to pirate it, and I failed, because I'm such a bad pirate. Okay. If I was in Pirates of the Caribbean, I would be the world's worst pirate.
1: Which, fun fact, we do have a mini-episode on that first episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead. It's one of our very first episodes, so if you want to go back and listen to that and see if we've gotten any better, which we probably haven't. Since then, yes. you can do
0: that. Highly recommend that. So I've been watching Ash vs. Evil Dead. I'm, I'm a touch disappointed with it about five episodes in. I don't know if it's going to get super better, but it really seems to be like going over the same kind of material over and over. So I'm a little disappointed in that. It's
1: got a place that it's going to. Um, just stick with it. I, yeah. think, I think it'll pay off. I think it'll be rewarding. And I think what it does is
0: is it sets itself up to have an even greater season 2. Yeah. So, um I know, but I'm just I'm so over that whole like approach. You know, it's just like the first Star Trek movie, the first Star Wars movie, it's like, "No, this one's not good, but it's setting us <laughs> up for a good one." It's like, "Well, when 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 can I have the good one?" You know, I want the good one. It's like, "Could I get a good one, please?" Yeah. No, it's
1: not. I I don't think it's a bad uh, first season at all. I'm not through it. I think it's good. I think what's what's happening is it's kind of discovering like what its footing is and how it can differentiate from the movies, which is a very non-sequelitis thing to do. To say like, hey, what can we do that's fresh and different and original? You know, that deviates from the source material, Um, which unfortunately is is a rare find in the uh, horror section of your your. Viewing choices.
0: Well, you know, Evil Dead. Uh, I have lorded, lorded, lorded. I have lorded this movie uh, uh, trilogy as being my favorite trilogy and possibly the the best, most interesting trilogy, just because it changes directions with every movie. And and this is this has the opportunity to follow in the footsteps because it's changing direction. A TV show is definitely a different direction than a movie. Yeah, we can all agree on that. But is it? a TV show worthy idea or is it a movie idea that's like stretched pointlessly into a series? That's what I'm trying to figure out as I'm watching it. Well,
1: I mean, you have the, the franchisization of, um, you know, a, a property, which is exactly what they're doing. Um, but what they're starting with is they're starting with, with the things that people like about the evil dead movies, the, the evil dead franchise, mm-hmm. which is, uh, Bruce Campbell as Ash. Yeah. Um, And then the -the over-the-top gore um, and violence, you know, kind of all of that tied together. You're you're expecting to see them just slice apart these deadites in the most brutal and disgusting and gorious ways possible.
0: You know, that's not what gets me, like, happy when I'm watching it, though. I'm not like, oh, there's more gore, yay. Like, I'm not a big gore guy, I guess. Well, and I
1: think think this is what makes it, you know... Usually you have the problem of whenever they take a TV show and then they try to make a movie out of it, it just feels like it's a very extended episode. Yeah. Um, It seems like there's so many problems in, like, trying to turn a TV property, um, a television property, into a movie. Whereas this seemingly has like the opposite going on where it's how do you keep it from just being you know uh an evil dead short film Mm -hmm. you know over and over for like 10 times a season and they do have an overarching story that they're following and of course um there's only there's only so much of a character arc for ash so they they brought in the other two characters his his sidekicks and they kind of have Arcs for them in a direction that they're going. Yeah, in. I,
0: I wish that they would be developed a little better and a little bit faster. I'm, I'm a little annoyed by the one character, um, Pedro. Like doesn't seem to have much of a of a character or a character arc that I'm seeing. Like maybe it's there and I'm just not, or may, I don't know. And then the girl, nothing there either for me for her.
1: I would love to tell you that they do really do something with them as the season progresses, but um, spoilers—they don't. They they kind of they kind of stay the same throughout the show. Um, but again, like like just watch it all the way, get to the finale, sort of see what they do and what they set up. And I think you'll feel rewarded. That's the way I felt. And because I did, I, like, like you, I did have my doubts along the way of like, do I really want to stick this out? Yeah. And because the franchise had built up so much goodwill in me, and I'd gotten so many entertainment hours out of just watching, um, you know, primarily Evil Dead 2 and, and Army of Darkness...
0: I felt well. I felt like it had earned my patience, and so yeah. I, no, I'm gonna. G- I mean, I gave it my dollars. I'm gonna give it my patience. I'm excited about the commentary tracks. Like, I'm really. I'm glad that it exists. I'm glad that I'm getting to watch it. I'm just giving some, you know, criticism from a, a pure fans perspective. Uh, and then the other thing is the Lucy Lawless character. I'm not totally sure how I'm feeling about her. Like, the first emotion that I have when I see her is I think. You know, of course, they're going to pull out uh, Xena the Warrior Princess. This is the same, you know, producer and director that created uh, Hercules and Xena. So they're going to pull that old hat out of the bag. You know, Which, she,
1: Is that who she's married to?
0: Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Okay. I, I, I'm going to say maybe and probably yes. Maybe she's married to Robert
1: Tappert. Is that his name? I think. I, I just remember there was something. It, it's a, a, a friend of Sam Raimi's brother. And that's who she's married to. I could be
0: totally wrong about this, though. Um, yeah. We'll, so we'll look don't it up. eviscerate me, internet. We'll look it up. So yeah, so it's a little annoying to me. I feel like, you know, what's the word when you give your family members a job? Oh, um, yeah. Nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> nepotism. Yeah. So it's it's nepotism at its at its. I don't think so because I I do think I do think with that character again
1: they're they're doing they're doing almost the female version of uh, Ash uh, um you know Bruce Campbell's iconic Ash they're they're taking someone and and of course this isn't an iconic character this is a new invented character for the film and and or for the for the television series and she does have origins going back to the first movie um but uh she um there, there are some interesting things that they do with the character to where you're like, huh, okay, I, I, I can see what's going on. And again, it, it all leads up to the uh, finale, and then the finale has, you know, things that it does. So just be patient, get to that
0: point, and then decide from there. Do
1: you want to re up? No, season No, it, it
0: doesn't matter how they do it. I'm gonna re up. I'm gonna watch everything. I'm there. I'm there to support. You know, Bruce Campbell. I've always wanted to see more. Uh, army of darkness specifically so i'm uh, you know they've got me they've got me on the nostalgia factor you know i'm they've there. got your money they, they got, got their got my hand money. in your wallet yeah i was a little disappointed so you're gonna pick up that extra shift at work just so you can afford yeah i was a little disappointed that they didn't um have a digital download for whenever i bought the the disc because so i was hanging out with my buddy rob and he had uh the digital copies of them and um, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that that'll work forever or anything, but that's a good solution for right now. Yeah. I like it when you buy a Blu-ray and it comes with the digital download also.
1: Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll have to talk about that at some point, just sort of the, the disappearing um, concept of, of physical
0: media. We can talk about it right now. My opinion is, <laughs> <laughs> My opinion is that the movie spends more time on your shelf representing who you are people walk into your house they say oh you like movies what movies do you like i mean for me and for all my friends like that is a staple of when you come to their house like you know you had your movies my buddy travis has got movies uh angie has movies my sister all my friends have movies yeah but
1: you do realize that there's an entire generation and it's a younger generation than ours but there's an entire generation of people that to them, it's it's not going to represent the same thing. That all of their stuff is going to be represented by what's on their hard drive, um, and and what what they can watch on their phone, uh, rather than what they have on their shelves. Um, yeah, because I can tell you honestly, as as much as I've moved around lately. It's really a pain in the ass to lug
0: around all the different movies that I have. Oh, yeah. No, I know and that. So just, That's just one just reason I stopped moving. That's the main reason I stopped <laughs> moving. I would moved a lot at one point in my life, and then I've been here for like six, six and a half years. You've been here longer than, than I've even lived in uh, California. Yeah. And so, yeah, because I do not like to move, you know. And these movies have been to Texas, to New York, to California, back to Texas, back to California. They have been everywhere. And I have taken apart these shelves and reassembled them more times than, than any human should have to.
1: Yeah, well, for those of you listening, you can't see, but inside of uh, Matt's apartment, he has uh, two shelves, and they have all of his movies stacked up. It's sort of like um, if you had like, the old blockbuster shelves, Yeah. but it's just two of them.
0: Yeah, um, so it's not all the movies in the world. You know, I'm a firm believer that that you know even when you see people talk about older movies that they weren't around for they always end up comparing them to things that were contemporary to them and to whatever person they're talking to it's like you always break things down on like a contemporary level it's like ultimately what's going to be important to you is the things that came out in your lifetime when you were that age you know what came out at the perfect time for you when you were the perfect age you know, that's exactly what Army of Darkness is for me. Yeah, Kevin Smith movies are for me. Yeah, well, Adam Sandler movies. It's like it came out at the perfect time, and it just got. We're we're getting off topic on horror here. Can I? <laughs> well, jump? I just want to. I just want to like like take that idea and say because I,
1: I think there's a lot to it, but there's there's a relevance to it because um, not only are those things that that you experience that are that are in the forefront of um, media, mm-hmm. you know, during your lifetime. But they're also in the forefront because they're representative of ideas and things that are happening right now. Not, not every single thing, but I can tell you, um, and we can get into this a little bit as we talk about horror films. But sort of there's there's the public zeitgeist. And yeah. so a lot of ideas that are being presented are representative of the public zeitgeist. And it's sort of like how in the 70s and 80s you had a lot of slasher films. Whereas um, you know before that there was a lot of possession films. And now, like newer, newer horror films, they're sort of exploring ideas of, you know, ghosts and demons invading your home and violating your family. And that kind of explores more the, the you know, the public paranoia that's really been built up of like, you know, there's people out there that are bad people and they're going to get you and, and, you know, you have to do whatever you can to defend your family or they're going to get you and, you know, they're going to take away all that matters to you. Yeah, well, so there's a lot of that going well, on. Well, horror
0: movies especially are really appealing to that um, to that narrative that there's such a thing as good people and there's such a thing as bad people.
1: Yeah, they work on a very black and white level. And, I mean, you, you can look at with um, with the slasher films, a lot of those films really had to deal with the idea of, um, you know, teen sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm. and. That was like the my urban, urban kind of, legend aspect of it. Yeah. It's like if you are having sex before you're supposed to, if you're using drugs and you deserve to be slaughtered by a uh, yeah, a, a machete wielding madman. Yeah. That that you know, essentially God was going to forsake you and the devil was going to send someone to come along and collect your soul. Jason and Freddy were definitely like the first my first big exposure to horror movies as a kid. And I felt like I never really got into either one of them. Very much, except for Jason. There was one movie where, it was called A New Beginning, I think, where the girl had psychic abilities and she was fighting him. Yo, yo, yo,
1: I'm psychic abilities!
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, she... I would have think that every time someone says psychic abilities from now on. No, no, not psychic abilities. Oh, hell, yo! (laughs) Okay, no, not psychic abilities. She had... um, What's the one where you can move things with your mind? Telekinesis. Telekinesis, Mm -hmm. yes. She had telekinesis... And she was fighting Jason with telekinesis. Uh, maybe it wasn't A New Beginning. Maybe it was uh, something else. But anyway, it was one where she had telekinesis, and that was a good one. The Freddy ones, I never got how why Freddy was like such a weird, creepy, kind of pervert guy. And he's like, come over here, I'm Freddy. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I just didn't get it. I just didn't get it. It just wasn't my speed don't go to sleep because i've got claws <laughs> and just the way he played it like i just never it didn't resonate for me personally well i, I think um that with, was for kids older than me though i think i'm yeah. a little too young for that.
1: well and and the origin story of freddie if you don't know it um freddie was a um he was a janitor at a school and he was molesting kids and so people in the town found out he was molesting kids, and they. I gotta him clean up. this closet, kid. Come over here. Let me touch your <laughs> private part. Sit on this mop handle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that's horrible. We shouldn't laugh about that. Sorry, yeah, I'm just kidding. That's happened to a kid out there somewhere, and that's just terrible. Hey, um, there was no kid that oh, was raped Matt. by Freddie Krueger. Oh man, there really was a kid. No, that um, didn't happen. So, but uh, but yeah, they. I I think. I'm I'm really trying to remember this because I haven't watched these films in so long because they're uh, well, so. Well, I thought
0: you were gonna say like the like the the backstory of like how the story came out. Yeah, I know the no, backstory. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: the backstory for the character.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I know that he he was killed in a fire by the parents. Um, I mean, because I saw the movie that I like is Freddy vs Jason. Which um, now that I, that I say that out loud, I realize a lot of people don't <laughs> like that one. But that one, in my opinion, is excellent. and it You tells... have so many movies that people don't like that only you like them. I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, movies are supposed to be like a personal experience. But, but sell me on Freddy vs. Jason because that's one film that I just never watched. Well, uh, what I like about Freddy vs. Jason, first of all, is um, you've got Freddy. He only exists in the dream world. Mm-hmm. And he can only exist if people are afraid of him. That's okay. how they sort of. That's how they set. That's how they set it up. It kind of changes when you watch the actual movies. From movie to movie, they'll kind of change. Like what gives him power. But in Freddy vs. Jason, they explicitly say it's people being afraid of him is what makes him powerful. And so all the kids have forgotten about Freddy in this movie because they stopped publishing stories about him. They stopped talking about him. Anytime anybody in the town says Freddy, 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 they say shh. Don't. We don't say that name anymore. Don't spread that fear anymore. Um, well, this kid starts having nightmares, this kid that used to be tortured by Freddy, um, and he's been kept in this mental hospital, and they've been giving him these, these pills that make it to where he doesn't, uh, dream when he sleeps, or something like that. Anyway, he breaks out, and he starts telling everybody, like, you guys gotta be careful about, he's like, you guys gotta be careful about Freddy, he's gonna come back, he's gonna come back, and he starts to spread the fear again. And um, Freddy gets like a little, a little bit woken up in his, like, in his, wherever he's asleep. And he, he decides, okay, the thing that I need to do is I need to go get this dude, Jason. I need to go wake him up. Yeah. Send him back in the real world. He'll scare everybody and they'll start talking about me again. They'll give me credit for what he's doing. Then I'll come back and fight him. And so the, the kids that are being attacked are being attacked on a physical realm by Jason and then they can't go to sleep because when they go to sleep, they get attacked by Freddy. <laughs> and well if you're getting
1: if you're getting stalked by a machete welding madman why would you want to go to sleep anyway <laughs> well you need snap time you want to take a nap you know that's all you need to build up your energy to keep running away from him.
0: yeah and um and then what i like about it from a filmmaking point of view is like all the freddy stuff has this like red hue to it and all the jason stuff has this blue hue to it yeah so it's like whenever you're in a jason movie it's blue and you're in a freddy movie it's red and it's it's something that just it's it's fun to watch when you think about it in those kind of terms and the movie's well written it's got some boobage in it which I'm always a big fan of love seeing that in the movie I'm, I'll pause it you know zoom in on it what's going on with this you know, I just want to see it you know show it to me I like that kind of stuff I
1: think I think we're discovering the secret reasons why you like this film
0: <laughs> well that's definitely one of them
1: well if you wanted to like give the film more credit than it probably deserves you could sit there and say like oh there's this idea of like you know, someone is spreading around this, this uh, nefarious thing that is killing off all of their their classmates. And then you've got to go and find something even deadlier to battle that. And you could say like, oh, well, that's that's using like, you know, these different biological things to battle themselves out to stop yeah. using one bad plague to stop an even worse plague. Yeah. Um, but I, I seriously doubt that was too much of like one, what went into the genesis of that script
0: well they just wanted a story that could have both the characters in a way that was interesting and meaningful because they both exist in very different universes and i think they did a good job it's it's sequelitis it's a perfect as another reason why i love it it's, it's a great example of sequelitis like if i was given the charge of writing a jason and a freddie movie and i wrote that movie i'd be very proud of myself and i would say okay. it, i did it
1: do you know if the, the, the person responsible for writing the script was somebody that was completely
0: outside of the franchise? I don't know, but I have to imagine that they were. Yeah. But I don't know. Hmm. I have to imagine it was just somebody who was given that job. They said that they like horror movies, they like Jason versus Freddy. They kind of called in for a meeting, and they were like, what do you think about Jason and Freddy being in the same movie? And the guy was like, okay, I'll write it. But it could have happened any number of ways, we don't know.
1: Well, I mean, being being someone that was born and grew up in the '80s, I mean, you you had uh, you had a lot of very iconic horror franchises that came out. And what's funny is there is the '70s and '80s gave rise to like so many like horror and slasher films, mm-hmm. um, so many which are totally forgettable. That I mean, I'm sure that I've seen and I cannot remember them. But uh, just to list off a few, there was Halloween yeah um you know ton of sequels for that what did you think about halloween
0: what's your experience with halloween
1: uh i can like my big experience with that is that um the movie was very atmospheric Mm -hmm. um and then when they came out with halloween 3 um, season of the witch season of the witch yeah that was a film that I remember, like, was just so haunting to me as a kid because it was such a bizarre concept for a film. Mm-hmm. But now, as an adult, like, it's entertaining just for how laughably um, ridiculous it is, um, just in the concept, just in the acting, you know, so many different things. I mean, the fact that it's one of those classic tropes of here, here is a company. That has the ability and technology to build realistic humanoid um, androids, mm. and yet they're using that just to make masks that turn kids' heads into bugs. I didn't see. I didn't see it. <laughs> you gotta watch it. It's 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 a it's a very entertaining, very well done bad movie, and it definitely uh, does have. It's got that just weird kind of '80s, um, almost nauseating vibe to it. Um, it's very kind of like unnerving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost feels like it almost feels like you're stuck in someone's nightmare when you're watching it. You're just like, this doesn't make sense. There's there's all these weird things happening that that logically don't add up. Yeah. But it's all flowing together and forming the plot. And then of course, it, it, it one of my favorite things is when you have a horror film that that ends on a very dark note. And this one ends on a very dark note. Um, but it, that was the thing about the first two Halloween films, um, even though the, the second Halloween film supposedly ended with uh, Michael Myers' death, which I might be rem- remembering that wrong because it's been so long since I've seen it, but the very first one, yeah.
0: you, think you've seen died. the first one, right? Yeah, I think he dies at the end of that one. No, but you've seen the first one, right? Yeah, Halloween, yeah. yeah. And, and I saw the Rob Zombie remake. It's got this weird... In theaters.
1: Yeah, it's got this just weird kind of, like, isolated vibe to it. And even though it's set in Illinois, I believe it was shot in Pasadena, um, but it, it does have this very much, like, you're a teenager and now you're kind of off into the world on your own. And because you're so naive and so unfamiliar with things, death is around every corner. and um,
0: yes, I, I around the corner. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to say... Um,
1: one film that I really liked a lot, uh, and this is something in the late 80s and then through the 90s, as kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, those movies were like really like petered out because they were just sequelized to death. Um, you had so many really bad movies, and then they started doing things where they're trying to... Um, there was one movie I think came out in the late 90s that was like... Uh, you know if you it's a video game but if you die in the game you die in real life yeah um and i can't even remember what that was called but it was it was terrible Is and there was a, a lot of movies yeah yeah there were a lot of movies that were like that. There were kind of these one-off ideas. Where if you died
0: in the game, then you died in real life?
1: Yeah, and I, someone listening is screaming at their phone or speaker right now. Is it a like, horror
0: thing? Was it Tron? That was about a video game. No, it wasn't Tron. Tron was in the... The Matrix? I, these, this was in the late 90s. No, The Matrix was a game. This is something that I remember we had a lot The Matrix debate. was a simulation. It was a game. It wasn't a game. It was a simulation. Oh, brother. It was Here not meant to again. be a game. It you didn't game. keep score. But it was a game and the agents were bots. The point Non-human that I'm trying to players. make is yeah.
1: where, where American horror movies started to get a little bit better was when they started looking at uh, Japanese horror movies. And then they were, they were sort of adapting those for American audiences. And, of course, the first, the first popular one was the best example, which is The Ring. Ringu. Yes. And I've never seen Ringu, and I've never seen the Japanese um, uh, version of The Grudge um it's the grudge like no it's called juan the grudge i believe oh, that's what i said but um but yeah uh the ring was was a very um i remember i watched that and it was it was the first time that i really felt that i could be very entertained while at the same time being like you know scared
0: yeah um i did like the ring i saw that one i remember liking it um Also, I I don't think it holds
1: up as well today. But at the time, it was a great film, and Uh, then they made just an absolute garbage sequel. Would you
0: put the movie Tremors into a horror category? That's
1: more of a horror, like I don't want to say horror thriller. It's
0: it's it's an action horror. It's supposed to be like a throwback to fifties horror.
1: Yeah, and and it's one of those movies to where it's like a giant giant, worm. Yeah, instead of a Boom. giant spider, a giant worm. And you had those those 50s movies, those were the Atomic Age movies, where it was always like, you know, mutated spiders, mutated ants, mutated crabs, mutated yeah. frogs. Like, there were all these things, or it was some kind of alien creature. And so Tremors is supposed to be
0: prehistoric, right? It's not alien, it's not mutated, but it's prehistoric. Right. Well, they, it's one of those things where they, they are careful not to go too deep into the history of it and they try to leave it open. Which is perfect, because the people that are encountering this thing wouldn't know what it is anyway. Yeah.
1: You know, so it wouldn't matter if it was mutated, if it was alien. All all it is it's something that
0: presents a real danger to them. Yeah. What would would make the most sense to me, though, would be like a a meteoroid. A meteorite? Meteorite. Comes to Earth, crashes into Earth, and it's, like, in there. It's, like, micro... It's, like, a... Yeah, but that's what they did for Cloverfield,
1: and Cloverfield was fucking awful. Oh, they did that? Yeah, if you if you watch all the way to the end of the film. Yeah, but just
0: take the opening premise and then the whole movie's premise. Don't use the movie Cloverfield. Just throw that out.
1: Which, um, if if we can, like, just just not talk about. um, No, it's it's not. Manny's popular. I I, he has influence on it. You cannot (laughs) deny that he has influence. Well, he produced it. it. That it was a terrible film, but yeah. it did lead to 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is a fucking great film. I almost saw one that. One of
0: the best films of 2016. I came this close to seeing that. You should recently. see it,
1: and anybody listening to this, if you have not seen it, you yeah. should see it. It's fucking great. It's one of the best films that I've seen definitely the last five years. Although, a lot of people have an issue with like the third act of the film, but that's it's whatever.
0: Didn't see it. Uh, also, The Frighteners is a movie that I like very much.
1: Now, tell me why you like The Frighteners so much. Because honestly, I've never cared for The Frighteners. I wanted to like
0: it when I was a kid. Have you given it a chance?
1: I have. I- I've given it multiple chances.
0: Uh, this is why I like it. It's very multifaceted. Uh, one reason is it's it's like a it's like a horror cousin to Back to the Future it's like it's got Michael J Fox in it he's he's back to playing. Marty McF- what if Marty McFly died what if Marty McFly fought ghosts <laughs> what if Marty could- <laughs> yeah and so he basically has like a uh, even what if Marty McFly used ghosts to generate 1.21 gigawatts and hilariously he did comically refer to his like old man castmate multiple times as Doc and they ha- they have like a whole uh, blooper reel where he keeps calling the guy Doc it's like, yeah. come
1: on, Doc!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it was it was Jake Busey was the villain,
1: wasn't he? Yeah, are you gonna say and something mean spirited about Jake Busey right now? No, it was just such a it was just he's such just a, a big teeth guy, guy week, that's
0: trying to this... have a part in the he's movie. He's like, I'm evil because I'm evil guy. You, it was like a Charlie Manson kind of a thing. He's like, I'm Charlie Manson with big teeth, you know? Yeah, he's like, I'm a. Uh, you know, this the plot line doesn't make perfect sense when you break it down to its core elements. I'll admit that because I have broken it down before. Yeah. Uh, the thing that doesn't make sense, if you like the movie, um, the thing that doesn't make sense is that it opens up with Patricia being chased around the house by a ghost, which we later find out is her boyfriend, Johnny Bartlett, and it wouldn't make any sense for Johnny Bartlett to be trying to, like, kill her because they're in cahoots at the end. So it's like... The, the, the very two pe- beings that are having this, like, vicious fight at the beginning are actually, like, in cahoots together. And they never go as far as to say, like, they have an abusive relationship or anything like that. Which... Well, it, it was a um, Zemeckis film, wasn't it? No, it was oh. a Peter Jackson. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Peter, pe- Jackson. Peter Jackson made that one right before Lord of the Rings. Hi, I'm Peter Jackson, and I made this movie about Michael J. Fox, Mike um, I-
1: Fly being chased around by Goose. Jake Busey's dead gay. Now he's I really trying to get in his heat.
0: <laughs> and that was that was the Peter Jackson Minute with fake Peter Jackson. Uh, and I like it because it's got ghosts in it. I like ghosts, I like effects. It's like Ghostbusters meets Back to the Future. Yeah. And but directed by P. D. Jackson. No, you're, I mean, you're shaking your head no, is to say no. Those two movies. Well, I mean, like I part of, part of
1: what worked so well about Ghostbusters is is the ensemble cast and the fact that you have these, you know, the, you have these comedians. And we discussed this. And on Frighteners our Ghost, also has a cast. On our Ghost, our Lady Ghostbusters review, which you can go back and listen to that. Yeah. But, um, which they have know,
0: now decided they're not sequelizing. Have you heard that? Well, I mean, it it was a big money loser for them. <laughs> Because it was a shitty movie. Well, opening weekend, the, the the Saturday prediction was, yeah, it's got a sequel. Yeah. And now a couple of months later, they're revealing, no, not okay. so much. Nah. nah. Our
1: our campaign of like, you know, trying to mislead the internet into thinking that this is some sort of like philosophical battle between like feminism and men's right activism, you know, like that. That did not work out. It kind of backfired.
0: For yeah, me. you know, after seeing the movie, I really realized that that should not be at the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue should be, is the movie any good or not? That should be it. And, you know, they're not trying to say, like, oh, there can't be guy Ghostbusters only. There can be, you know, all-girl Ghostbusters. They're not trying to have a message. They're just trying to put together a sequel. They're
1: trying to fucking take as much money out of your bank account and put it into their bank accounts as fucking possible. This was an idea... That's the only thing that's going on. If they have to hijack your emotions... And and your outrage to do that, that's exactly what they're going to did do. You, did anyone really is, want
0: a Seth Rogan, like to, who's uh the other guy who's the strong guy that's always in the movies? Uh well there is um Ch- Chandon Chan Oh Channing Tatum. Yeah. Did you really want a Seth Rogan Channing Tatum? Hey, check it out! Man, there's
1: a ghost over here. <laughs> Holy crap, dude! <laughs> <laughs>
0: god and he's like smoking weed and the weed cloud turns into a oh, ghost man.
1: like am I am I hallucinating this is there really a ghost right there man <laughs> uh, anyway let's let's get back on subject no uh, that's one of the things about horror films um what's what's genius about it is uh you know it is horror films when they're done well tend to be some of the most interactive movie going experiences that we have because just like what i was saying earlier about watching the first halloween film it really hijacked my sense of fear and paranoia and dread because you would have these moments where you're watching two people and you know something that they don't you know that there is very real danger in the room with them and that something horrific is about to happen and like you want to scream out, and people will do it. Like like lots of people like to joke about people yelling in the theater. Yeah. Um, but Watch that's because you. yeah, yeah. Don't open
0: that door! <laughs> Don't go down there! Don't no run up the stairs,
1: bitch! Don't no up the Just stairs! Just call the cops! <laughs> but it's it's you know it, it, that's that's how effective some of these movies can be. That they hijack your sense of danger because that is a very real and very primitive sense that we
0: have. Yeah.
1: And so our sense of survival. Like, these movies play right into that. Um, And when it does it in a way to where it's kind of a fun ride, that's when it's done really well and really effectively. Whereas, like, a lot of, like, what's so wrong with so many horror films now, and I feel like now we're starting to get better and better horror films. But, you know, with the paranormal activity horror films, Mm -hmm. like, those movies relied on jump scares. And so it was just all about, like, it wasn't even a matter of setting up this sense of dread um, maybe they did it pretty effectively in the first film, but like in subsequent films, it got very lazy and just said, you know, we'll suddenly have a chandelier fall down, you know, or something will will fly out, a door will slam, you know, and it's all about being startled. I mean, some people can get fucking startled when the phone rings or if some so, someone suddenly walks up behind them, you know, and that's not horror, that's just surprise. Yeah
0: you're surprised that something horrible is happening to you but right now. But did
1: you watch uh, It Follows? Yeah, I was going to talk about It Follows. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, and It Follows did a great job of really setting up this sense of dread, but there's also this sense of mystery, and it, it it even created this sense of place. You know, you you got to feel for, like, oh, man, there's all these like weird like corners and nooks that are unique to a place like Detroit because it is such a decaying city. Yeah. Um. But also like this sense of you know being a young you know a young person who kind of overestimates like how grown up and mature you are and getting involved with something as you know life changing as sexual relations yeah and then playing that into
0: um, a a a horror monster the the only thing that I will say that I did like the movie but I'll say now that it's been out for a while is that I don't find myself wanting to own it or rewatch it. It doesn't have that rewatchability factor. I, I, I disagree.
1: I think it has a rewatchability factor just just so you can sort of re-experience. Because the thing is, by the end of the movie, there's, there's not... And it, and it does the thing that I talked about earlier. It ends on a uh, very dark note. Um, but, um, you know, I want to re-watch it just to kind of like explore the characters a little bit more and explore the world. And it's got a very cool... You know, very retro. Like it's very hip to have a retro synthy soundtrack. Go back and listen to our Stranger Things episodes. It's one of the best things about that show is yeah. is the throwback uh, soundtrack and yeah. score. But it's um, definitely
0: going for like a a, um, a term that I'd like to coin right now. As uh, I forgot the coin. There's a term that I have. Give me one nostalgia. second. Nostalgia. Nostalgiatastic. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Nostalgiatastic. It's not. It's not a sequel or a copy of anything. It's just it's nostalgia everywhere. Nostalgia coming out of every orifice. But there's a difference when, when, when a property is being lazy
1: about just, you know, uh, it's doing the member berries thing where it's just like, remember this? Remember Chewbacca? Remember Stormtroopers? And it's just kind of referencing these things, sort of like how all those spoof films used to do, where the joke is just in the reference. Well, that, the joke isn't in... Yeah. Any any sort of execution. But that's the
0: problem you're always gonna have with these reboots and these like mainstream sequels. I'm talking about a new property that's not a sequel. It's not a twenty four years later sequel. Dude, but that's
1: what we're talking about here with uh with um It follows. Right. And then and then you have other stuff like uh, you know, Lights Out has been very highly recommended to me. Like I was surprised um, that Don't sh- Breathe like like, don't breathe is one of those things to where if they had done Torture Porn right, like it would have been Don't Breathe. And instead you know like that's when I saw When I first saw Stranger
0: were. Things, I thought that was gonna have been by the same guy that did It Follows. Like I thought it was in league with that movie. Like it felt to me like if I was the guy that made It Follows and they came and asked me, what do do you want to do next? I would say Stranger Things. Like that. It seemed like, I felt like it was going to turn out to be the same guy that had done it, but it was. It was some other people. Yeah. Which I found that interesting.
1: But, uh, I mean, that's something that I like too. I mean, Stranger Things, you can go back and listen to our episode on that. Like, we talk about how it's not so much a TV series as it is,
0: you know, a really long episode movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, like a miniseries. It's like a throwback to the Stephen King mini series. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, which is which is very good. But they do set it up in a way to where you're like, okay, I, I will watch season two to kind of see where this goes from here. Yeah. Um, Nowhere, that's where. <laughs> Back to the in between worlds.
0: Back to is that was that what it was called? The Upside Down. But yeah, um, do you do you want to uh, on take a break here? Break. You don't know who my daughter is, do you? Patricia's not to be trusted. I beg your pardon? I can have her locked up anytime I want to. They said she was an accessory after the fact. I know the truth. It was cold, blooded, murder. And we are back. Welcome back to Sequelitis.
1: Welcome back. Uh, So, again, we're talking about horror films on this episode that you could only listen to on Halloween, or a demon from the worse than hell dimension will come and just
0: rip your. Like, imagine if you were in hell, and then in hell they're like, now don't be bad. Or else when you die, you'll go to double hell. You know, or if there's like a hell riot
1: and like you get killed in the in the middle of the hell riot by like the, the hell version of the uh, the Aryan Brotherhood. It's like the devil that the devil is afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> and basically what happens is, is they, they, they roast you alive and before you can die, they start to eat you alive. And then you somehow survive... The digestion process, and you come out as diarrhea.
0: Right. That's what
1: happens to your soul if you don't listen to this on Halloween. If you do listen to this on a day that's not Halloween, right, every year,
0: religiously, (laughs) (laughs) this is your new religion.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, what, what, uh, you wanted to talk about Alien. Yeah, so I want to talk about some of my favorites. I mean, I did, I did talk about like newer horror films that are coming out, and actually uh, it really makes me feel um, uh, optimistic about the future of horror films. Um, I mean, it's never going to go away. It's such a money-making. Even when they make bad ones, they are almost always profitable. They
0: print money. Yes, um, there's a common saying with like filmmakers trying to get into the industry that like you should write a horror movie or make a horror movie. I've known a lot of people that have tried to get into the industry that way.
1: They almost always cast them with unknown actors so
0: that your your overhead on on those is is very low on your it, cast. And also, let me dispel the myth for a second, if I may. It's true that you can break into Hollywood by making a cheap horror movie, but the part that's not true is that. It won't be your script. It'll be whoever has the money, like their cousin or somebody like that. Script, like, yeah. Because any everybody has a horror script. Like, yeah. Everybody, or or you can just make one up on the spot. Like they'll be like, oh, we'll just go out in the woods and and we'll just scream each other's names and it'll be great, you know. And as as long as they sort of have a half put together idea and the production is the right way and the marketing most importantly is done well.
1: Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of people that even though it would be so impossible to, to duplicate this today, you know, they're going to look at like, oh well look at what Toby Hooper did with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, you know, and, and that's something to where it was a very simple premise, um, and it was it was all about the gore the horror just the the frightening setup to it the the isolation of like you know here are young kids and and really it was one of the first torture porn movies yeah um but it was something that had a lot of like very disturbing elements to it very horrific elements to it yeah
0: and um horror movies are also really a gateway into filmmaking especially a bad horror movie because when you watch a bad horror movie especially from the 80s i know a lot of my friends that were really into that especially my buddy tony who's really into those kind of movies and it's like you can see the filmmaking behind the movie. That's what's so great about it. Is you can tell how every effect was done. And you, and you could tell that on movies, big movies, like Back to the Future and Ghostbusters too. But on a horror movie, it was funnier because you just got the sense of like, well, I could do that. Yeah. You know, I could put Well, especially the scenes where someone's getting stabbed or their head's getting cut off. Yeah. You, know? it's like you, you, you
1: see that moment to where it's like, here's a real person's head, and then there's the cut to the knife. And then when you cut back, that's a dummy's head.
0: Yeah. You, you know, the, like, there's a million different ways to do the tricks, but, it you know, it's always some sort of movie trick, and that's what's kind of fun about watching those old movies. It really gets people into filmmaking. Did you ever see American – what was the movie about the uh, – what was the name of it? American uh, – it was a documentary about a guy who was trying to make a horror movie called The Craven. No. Oh, it's such a good movie.
1: Oh, oh, wait. Uh, American
0: American movie. Yeah,
1: American movie. Yeah, with the two guys yeah. from uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's such a good
1: movie. <laughs> I just really like to party. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that what works about that movie is just that is two really classic characters. Yeah. uh they're 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 two people that there's a good chance that you know somebody that's like them. But even if you don't like you you real quickly like get like okay I I understand who these guys are you know and I understand like. It's it's really kind of a tragedy because it's a film that's so bad it should never be made. Um, you yeah. know, but you're watching this guy just struggle, you know, pushing a boulder uphill, realizing that even if he gets it to the top, it's just gonna roll down the other goddamn side. <laughs> he's doomed no matter what.
0: Yeah. And he's trying to like <laughs> cast his mom as an extra and all this stuff is so funny. Oh yeah. That's that's such a it's I, such a good window into like what people's opinion of horror movies are.
1: I think I think it would actually be kind of fun to do a a mockumentary uh, type of film about what goes so bad about a Hollywood horror film. Mm-hmm. You know, and how you start off with something, and maybe you show it like being this really interesting premise and idea, and and with a young promising filmmaker. And then you just show it like turning to absolute shit, and by the end of it, like this this guy is jaded, and he's just like he's like whatever, I don't even care. Just just make sure the checks keep coming,
0: yeah. and just
1: how it like becomes terrible. There's actually um, there's a horror film that a friend of mine is in. Um, my my buddy Adam Whittington, and uh, it's a film called Ghost of Goodnight Lane, um, and it stars the uh, always affable yet perpetually bald um, Billy Zane and it's about uh, i just um, watched titanic last night it was yeah. Really insane yeah it's pretty much the same movie uh it's about <laughs> it's, it's about, about the thinking <laughs> of a giant boat sort of but instead of it being a boat it's a, a filmmaking crew and they're making a horror film but it turns out that the place where they're making the horror film is actually haunted ooh mm. but it it has like some real like zany like twists and turns and that's not a pun um but it's uh, They're really zany. Uh, Check it out and support my buddy. I would definitely
0: not do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So do you want to talk about uh, some of our favorites? Um, Oh, yeah. So
0: you had uh, asked me if I wanted to talk about Monster Squad. Now, you know I love any excuse to talk about Monster Squad. Uh, One of my favorite movies. Uh, It was a movie that I remember I saw it on HBO when I was a little kid. And I remember... My hair was blown back by it for a couple of reasons. You know, I try to diagnose myself later on in life and figure out what it, what is it that fascinates me with this movie. First of all, it was a movie like The Goonies. I was never into no. It's Goonies. a Black and Decker film, right? Right. It's uh, a <laughs> Shane Black and Fred Decker, Black and Decker, and. Um, <laughs> and I, I was never into the Goonies and like I was only like halfway into Stand By Me. I never liked E. T. Like I never really got into all the like kids adventure movies that other people seem to like so much. And for me that was the kids action hero movie that just really did it for me. Um I liked all the one liners in it. I thought I thought it was just very modern. Uh it it felt like the dialogue just all felt like interesting and fresh to me. And I liked how they took the classic universal monsters. It wasn't really like the kind of monsters that you're scared of in movies nowadays, but it's like the monsters of old that you were scared of. And I found that interesting. Yeah. Because my dad had shown me all the older movies like with uh, the universal monsters and Frankenstein and Dracula. And I was also extremely uh, aware of the Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein movie. And uh, Monster Squad is kind of a, it's kind of a soft remake of, of, of Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Yeah, in, in Meet Frankenstein, they have Frankenstein, they have Dracula, and they have the Wolfman. So they're all in there. And those are like the main three villains of Monster Squad as well. The other two are just kind of like in there peripherally.
1: Correction, Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein Is was Frankenstein
0: the, the name of the guy? or the gu- Is Frankenstein the name of the monster or the guy who made him? The guy.
1: <laughs> but yeah, what was what was really fun about that movie is um, you know it, it's a very simple concept to understand. Like you you take the universal uh, movie monsters, and it's like, well, what if you, you have kids, you know, that they have their little monster club, and then they have to battle against these monsters. And there's a lot of really campy moments, and there's some cheesy stuff. But overall, it's it's a fun movie to watch.
0: Um, yeah. It's a great movie. And they are talking about making a sequel. I mean, I think a sequel is basically going to be exactly what you think it would be. You know, uh, every thousand years, uh, how's the the mythos of the movie? It's like every thousand years, the portal opens and the, the balance between the darkness is light and the dark, is shifted. And so the, the time period is going to elapse again, except all the people from the Monster Squad are either going to be, Older now, or there's going to be a new group of kids. Either way, you're screwed. Yeah. Because the, the, the older actors, like, you, you're not going to want to see that dude that played Rudy, like, back in his silly, like, leather jacket. Well, oh, him, okay, yes. Him, yes. But all the other kids. Sean Astin? No, it's not Sean Astin. I yep. thought you said the guy that played Rudy. <laughs> it was not Sean Astin. Sean Astin played Rudy. Sean Astin's not in the Monster Squad. Sean Astin is in the Goonies. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Oh, sorry. I I, I wasn't... I missed what you said.
0: Carry on. I'm talking about the Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody's going to want to see those little kids all growing up playing their same roles, like, again, all pathetically. Like That sounds like a horror no, show. No, but
1: I, I think one thing that you could do is you could, you could have them as parents. And then, you know, you find a way to, to update it and bring the internet into it and then say,
0: like, oh, here's these kids and they have their iPads and, you know. So new kids... The internet yes. is like a is like a their iPads and the internet is like a big part of it. Like, let me go to my website www.monsters.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have their little monsters Facebook group.
1: <laughs> They're getting made fun of cuz other kids at school are like,
0: "Monsters are gay. <laughs> They're
1: for homos."
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you need to be playing
0: Halo. Monsters aren't real. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how what what I would do for a sequel. I guess I would, I guess if it was my job to write it, I would probably make it to where it was the most interesting characters from the first movie kind of come back in peripheral ways, and then have like new kids. I guess, but even that sounds awful to me. Well, what even if, as I say it, I'm like, ugh.
1: What if what if the little kid with the with the leather jacket, like he becomes the Van Helsing?
0: Yeah, Rudy becomes, and also, what's up with Van Helsing? Like, they never, that never made sense to me. Like, who is Van Helsing?
1: Now, one of the he things that the I did Mythos? like about about that movie though was the, you know, the part where he's like, he shows them his, uh, his uh, tattoo from, uh, from the concentration Man, camp. Man,
0: you sure know a lot about monsters. Now that you mention it, I suppose I do. <laughs>
1: but doesn't he have the line of like, some monsters are real? No,
0: you made that up. Oh, is that
1: not from that movie? Mm-mm. Oh, that's from another movie then. All right, never mind. Uh, we'll we'll edit this part out. Uh, if you're hearing this part, just uh, skip over this. You're not hearing it. Don't worry. Yeah, skip to 10
0: seconds from now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they they didn't explain what the tattoo was about, and they didn't really teach that in my school that they gave the the jews um, tattoos in the in the concentration camps they really downplayed the holocaust in, in your school they're like i would like, say they downplayed they, it they they just maybe went. they
1: killed a few we don't know how many they killed
0: it was like they i mean they, they sort of brushed over the holocaust yeah, they might know? have you know they might have been reaching into their waistband we know we don't know why they got killed i mean i would say there was a certain sense in my school of like well let's not read the diary of anne frank or let's let's not really like delve into the whole thing too much let's like, talk about why andrew jackson was such <laughs> a great president.
1: <laughs> you know, like do you want a bunch of Indians running around scalping your
0: family? I know I don't. It wasn't like they denied that the Holocaust happened, but they definitely weren't like, Oh, let's have Holocaust month, like let's talk about it a ton. Like they were more interested in like Texas history. Like we learned a lot about uh Stephen F. Austin, I think his name was: Yeah, it's like, like Mexicans are so dirty yeah and, you, and then, you know like the stuff about the Alamo you can, and the you battle can, of you can let and them clean
1: them. you can let them fix your lawn, but you can't let them in your house. No If they're thirsty, tell them go drink out of the hose. Like, if anything's missing, find the nearest brown person and blame them Yeah <laughs> they will steal stuff if you let them inside the house. Anyway <laughs> you can't be not... friends with them they're not they're not right in the head. they don't speak the same. You ever listen to the music they hear. It's it's like polka, but from hell. It's the devil's
0: polka. <laughs> uh, but I remember not exactly knowing what the tattoo meant. I, d- I didn't feel like I had the education about the the tattoos, or if I had it, it was very peripherally. Yeah, he
1: was. Uh, he was a. Uh, um... He was a survivor of uh, World War II. Yeah, but what does that he's have to survivor do Survivor of the concentration camp. But camps. what does that have to do with monsters? Cuz he's talking about monsters are real. Like like
0: they break that's the That's not fantasy. from that movie. We already said that. Does he not say, <laughs> I swear to god he says that in that movie. He doesn't. I mean, it's I'm sure there's a movie where they say that. I'm not saying that.
1: If he's showing them his <laughs> tattoo that he got as a as a concentration camp prisoner, that's what it's a reference to. I get that. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Um, so <laughs> let me let me just completely like uh, uh, change gears here. Um, now we can we can sort of count Teen Wolf into
0: like horror films cuz I mean it's it's werewolves.
1: Yeah. You know that's that's a horror film. That's a classic horror film. If it's got a werewolf um, even
0: Twilight would be like a horror movie. Anything with a werewolf intrinsically is a horror movie. Yeah, well the real horror is having to watch the Twilight movies. Hey! I did <laughs> see New Moon in the theaters. My sister forced me to go see it. Oh, dear it lord. It was awful. Oh, dear lord. New Moon Part 3 or whatever it was called. It was New, terrible. New Moon, claw your eyes out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Teen Wolf, I mean, you know, if you've never seen Teen Wolf, uh, definitely go and watch it. Um, it's great. It's a, it's a movie that is well-known because uh, because Back to the Future was such a big hit. Yeah. Um, Michael J. Fox. It's Marty McFly as a werewolf. Yeah. (laughs) So so Michael J. Fox is a uh, high school student. Uh, Marty McFly discovers that instead of discovering that his scientist buddy has invented time travel using a DeLorean, um, he instead finds out that... Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, Doc! Are you telling me that I'm a werewolf?
1: (laughs) Yes, Marty! (laughs) Every full moon, you'll transform into a werewolf! You've got to learn to control your powers.
0: What the hell is a gigawatt?
1: <laughs> no, so uh, it's it's a it's a metaphor for adolescence, and he discovers that um, you know rather rather than at the uh, full moon, he discovers that um, you know whenever his adrenaline gets engaged, he turns into a werewolf, and um, pretty fun little movie. Um, it's so eighties. It's very cliched, but they. They made a sequel, and at this point, you know Michael J. Fox is a huge star. There's no way they were gonna get
0: him back, so instead, they recast him with Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, the future, the future, uh, the once and future king. At that point, <laughs> 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 because he was famous before, and he would be famous after, but in that time period, he was a nobody. Yeah, he was he was uh, just enough of a nobody to say yes to Teen
1: Wolf 2. Um, so in this movie, isn't he supposed to be, like, his cousin his or something? cousin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so in this movie... And they recast Skiles. They didn't have it be, like, Skiles' cousin is his friend. They were like, it's Skiles! He's his friend! Except there's a new actor playing Skiles.
1: Hey, 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 don't pay attention to any that. It's Skiles!
0: It's Skiles! Well, Skiles <laughs> is definitely a big part of the charm of the original Teen Wolf. It was, like, Skiles was just such a cool friend to have. He was so supportive, so yeah. cool. It seemed like he, he wanted to be friends with Scott, even though Scott was like a little bit of a nerdy kid. Like, wasn't that cool? It's like Skiles was just like totally down for Scott. It was just cool.
1: Yeah. Well, especially like he saw, he, he knew there was something. He could tell there was something there. And it was like, it was like ah,
0: now that you're a werewolf, that, that increases my value even more. And the way they, this friendship is paying dividends. Isn't it, isn't it Skiles that tells him like how to go into the, the liquor store and like demand beer without showing an ID? that's <laughs> such a great scene just go in there put down the money tell them I want the beer all right. I forget how the quote goes but that was a funny part yeah that was a really cool part but
1: so um, alright here's my pitch for Teen Wolf 2 what it should have been about is they should have like really done that whole like 80s um, corporate America you know kind of um, cliche and so now the Teen Wolf is you know a late 20s um, you know, worker bee in corporate America, and he's really trying to find a way to break, you know, that middle management oh. ceiling. And uh, he's kind of struggling until he rediscovers there's a his, full moon uh, one night. His, his inner teen wolf. He's up late at work.
0: <laughs> he's, he's there at night, and he's trying to finish the boss's work for him. And then all of a sudden, he looks out the window, and he sees a full moon. No, no. He's in these like very like tense negotiations,
1: and he's sweating, and he's really getting bulldozed here. And then, all of a sudden, the eyes start to glow red, and you get the little wolf growl going. And he stands up, and he, he really takes over the negotiations, and he wins a huge deal for his company... And then after that, by becoming the wolf, that's how he really becomes successful in business and r- shoots up the ladder. The wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> becomes the CEO There's of his company. The teen wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, the teen wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was saying that the way that you got to do it, and this is such an 80s way to do it, um, but the way that you have to have the movie uh, come into the third act is instead of a basketball game like the original had, um, he gets busted for some insider trading and, um, decides that in trial, he's not going to use his, he's, he's going to give up his wolf powers and decides that he's going to go ahead and, and plead guilty and he goes to his family and he's apologizing to his family for neglecting them and, you know, allowing his wolf to kind of take over. And the judge sees this and decides to, to show some pity on him and gives him a, a, a probated sentence and he decides to leave corporate America and take over his dad's
0: hardware store. Boom!
1: Boom! The end. Boom! And where's Skiles? Oh,
0: where's Skiles at in the sequel?
1: It's Skiles is is now his assistant manager at the at the hardware store, <laughs> selling kegs of beer to underage kids out of the back. <laughs>
0: he's like oh. still he still got the like cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, what do you kids want? You want a new kid? Hey, what's your idea?" Oh, just kidding, just kidding. Any nostalgia tastic? Hey, show me your money. Any nostalgia tastic references to Scott and Skyle's like surfboarding on top of the van? That <laughs> yeah, thing? that's how the movie ends. Is they they gotta? <laughs> they have no delivery to make. Yeah,
1: they gotta deliver. Kitty guns up on the roof. <laughs> he's like, he's like, "Hey, turn into the wolf. one last time." And he's like, "All right." Um. <laughs> yeah so uh we're real quick too i want to talk about um there's there's a new alien movie that's going to be coming out next year oh no you, it's it's prometheus, a, it's prometheus was so prometheus. bad i know prometheus was so bad but this one do you know what uh, the alien premise four
0: is? i kind of liked
1: do you know what the premise is for this movie no okay so
0: the, the premise p- is you won't see me there on opening night because i don't give a shit <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I, I think I think the premise is kind of interesting, and it's what I would expect. Like this is this is the thing to get. me interested Are they interested. still
0: smoking cigars in space?
1: Uh, this is the thing to get me interested in um, seeing a sequel to a movie as bad as Prometheus was, but um, there's a, there's another crew that's headed to a a Earth-like planet that's way across the galaxy, and they come across uh, the 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 remnants of the doomed Prometheus expedition. Prometheus. And so, specifically, they encounter Michael the Android.
0: Oh, no. Is that uh, Michael Fassbender?
1: Michael Fassbender, which his name might have been different, but I'll just call him Michael for, you know, brevity's sake.
0: Fassbender, the robot. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was, he was good in that movie. He's a good actor. He's my shiny metal ass. Oh, I'm a robot. Um, it, it was always funny in those movies that there was like a tension-filled premise about who in the crew was the robot. That was always interesting. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, that that was the thing is in this movie they actually like just just went with it and they were like, yeah, clearly he's the android. Um,
0: I only saw it once. But I was, Danny
1: McBride
0: is the captain.
1: It? He's the 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 pilot of the the ship that they're. Yeah, Danny McBride is part of the cast.
0: I I'm it's gonna really go ahead and say that I'm pro Danny McBride. I like Danny McBride. I feel like
1: that's one of the areas that uh Prometheus really failed was not giving um Idris Elba more to do. Instead they had the the, the twerp that played um uh Rumi, Ru, uh Numi Rapace's husband. You know, he was one of the main characters and Give all his lines to to Idris Elba, man. Remember the scene. More Idris Elba. Remember
0: the scene where she was in like the abortion chamber and like got the alien abortion or something. That's
1: that's the only worthwhile part of that movie. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that.
0: That part was good.
1: That and then the fight that she has with the um, with the um, the the engineer at the end. When he, like, storms into the ship, and then he's ready to just kill her with his, with his bare hands. How and then she very cleverly, and this is a very uh, Ripley moment. Yeah. But she very cleverly realizes if she opens the door, that creature's on the other side, and it's going to jump on him. Although that had to take a big leap of faith there, because, you know, last she saw, that that creature was just a wriggling thing. Mm-hmm. She didn't know it was going to be some giant octopus.
0: Right. Well, I don't remember that part as well as all that. But I I wonder what made the filmmakers... Was it uh, Ridley Scott? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What made Ridley Scott, or whoever wrote it, like, leave out the regular aliens? Well, no,
1: um, who wrote it was... What were uh, they thinking? Was it Damien Lindelhoff?
0: This Weekend, what were they thinking?
1: Yeah, so what were they thinking? They (laughs) wanted to have a movie that was a spiritual... Oh, this is an official segment. It was
0: was spiritually related
1: to... um, to the Alien franchise, because rather than just make a straight-up uh, prequel, you know that explores how the original space jockey got there, they were like, they're like, oh, let's um, let's do something that seems like that's where it's going, but it's not. What were they thinking? Because what planet it was? LV one seven four. What were they
0: thinking?
1: Yeah. All right, I think I think we've kind of reached the point to where uh, you no longer have uh, the concentration.
0: That, to go on. So you want to wrap it up here? Well, I think we should wrap it up by talking about this week in Facebook. What happened this week on Facebook, Manny? Oh, man. All right. So just uh, real
1: quickly on Facebook, and these things are going to be relevant by the time most people listen to this, but Tim Tebow on Facebook. Uh, Tim Tebow was a failed uh, football player who's now working on becoming a failed baseball player. And um, he used the power of prayer to save a man who was having a seizure. Wow. Even though it was really, you know...
0: The and let me guess, the religious right the is using this as a talking EMTs point. The that
1: showed up and took care of the guy, but...
0: And let me guess, the religious right is using this as a talking point to prove that he is either A, being persecuted for being Christian, or that he is being persecuted for being Christian.
1: Which really speaks to a larger subject that, um, you know, the religious right is really freaking out because they don't have the str- oppressive stranglehold. They once had on America, and uh, we're we're gonna be turning off a, 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 a someone in our audience at least who really believes that you know well, everybody it, needs to be more like Tim Tebow. Well, if
0: you believe in the power of prayer, hopefully you're open-minded to believe that. Possibly. Yeah, if you believe in the power
1: power of prayer, pray for me to stop criticizing your religion.
0: Pray for me to stop. Pray for God to smite me. And uh, let's see how that goes. Well, I, I can't imagine anyone like believes it wholeheartedly. I would think people theorize that maybe it helps.
1: People want to believe it. And that's why people get upset at people like me and and to some extent you who really kind of say, like, no, there's none of the logic and it's really silly for you to believe the things that you believe. Because then it's harder for them to keep up the whole facade if you have someone actively saying, like, look, like... You can believe it if you want, well, but it's silly. Well, of,
0: of all the things that you can believe about religion, believing in the power of prayer, I think, is on the fringe. It's like, because if God has a plan for everything, then why are you praying? What are you praying for? What is your, how, your... Yeah,
1: if God has a plan for everything, don't do anything. Just stop doing stuff, because God already has this plan. Yeah, he's got to figure out. out. He's going to do you what he's going to do. You don't need to do anything. Yeah. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to think about it. Yeah. Just sit back and let the the blessings come yeah. rolling in.
0: And maybe you want to say, oh, I'll pray in, a, in order to, like, talk to God. That's one thing, talking. But asking for things, specifically asking for things, I think you're crossing the line there. Yeah,
1: and by actively doing anything, yeah. you're showing that you're going against God's will. Because you're, a, right. you're actively... Trying to affect things so around. I don't you, think us criticizing God to just do it all for So you. I don't
0: think criticizing the power of prayer is necessarily criticizing every facet of religious belief, but I will criticize this week I will criticize the power of prayer. All right. Next what's, thing. what's
1: something else uh, this week in this Facebook? This week in you?
0: Facebook. Um I don't get on Facebook, but I will say something that I'm following very closely this week is the uh the leaked tapes that came out by Donald Trump, where he's talking about grabbing women by the pussy. Did you see that tape? Oh yeah, so good. See,
1: I'm I'm a big star, and and all I gotta do is I grab them by the pussy.
0: And and then and and then, so the tape dropped on Friday, and then there was a debate on Sunday in which you said like, "Oh, these are just words, locker room talk." Now it's Thursday or Friday today, and so far at least four allegations have come out. Yeah. He's getting Bill Cosby. Done. Yeah, he's getting Bill Cosby. The allegations. This is my prediction. The allegations are going to snowball. Either they will snowball, or I mean, he's definitely going to lose at this point. I mean, anyone who can read polls can can tell <laughs> that now. There was there was a point a few weeks ago and a few months ago where he he was in much better shape than he's in now. Now he is doomed. But that after, happened to Donald that Trump.
1: First debate, he was doomed. He's dead in the water. But
0: but it's really interesting
1: because I mean. Has there ever been a nominated candidate that was asked by their own party to withdraw from the race? Like, this close to the election. People have already started voting at this point. Yeah. It's insane.
0: Yeah, but I will say for the record that I'm not pro-Democrat either. I'm not pro-anything, like, blindly. I'm not pro-any person blindly. Uh, but I think... Yeah,
1: I, I think... Well, here's here's another... Here's here's my, my other This Week in Facebook... Um, Mike Rowe, uh, the... Dirty the, jobs. Uh, dirty jobs guy. Um, you know, he, he has a lot of very uh, smart things. To, I think he has a lot of very smart things to
0: say. Like, wear boots before you do a job.
1: <laughs> well, he's just like, he's like, look, He's there's a there's a lot of uh, jobs out there that require skilled labor, and people aren't bothering to, like, pick up this skill in order to do these jobs. But they need to be done. And he, he's very right about that. Um But uh, someone asked him, you know, are you going to encourage, like, all of your fans to go out and vote? And he said, no, I'm going to encourage my fans to learn who they're voting for and become educated on the candidates. And then he listed a few uh, economics books that he thinks people should read, which I I think is is a a great step if you're going to be making a point like his. But he was really criticizing how, you know— You'll have Hollywood celebrities who will come out and say, oh, it's very important that you get out and vote. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. But they never say something that's even more important, which is learn about what you're voting on, learn about who you're voting for, and understand why it is that you support that particular candidate.
0: Well, that's because new voters or uninitiated voters or disenfranchised voters are all most likely to be Democratic. And there's a saying in the Republican Party that... uh, that Republicans, Democrats fall in love and Republicans fall in line. And Republicans get out and they vote because they are in line. Yeah. And just think about that if that's you. Because well, I think, you're I think falling in
1: line. Most people who don't vote, uh, if they did vote, would vote for progressive issues and uh, Democratic issues. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not to say that I just vote straight party Democratic. Uh, it's just, unfortunately, there aren't uh, very many appealing options when it comes to uh, Republicans and certainly from the conservative side. It tends to skew uh, very racist yeah. um, uh, and very
0: anti-progress, you know. I have a prediction for the Republican Party. They are going to merge with the Democratic Party. They're going to lose their religious uh, base and they're going to lose their um, race, r- uh, racial base, especially when concerning Hispanics.
1: All right, I think we might need to wrap it up because the building's falling apart. Yeah, our building is crumbling around us. So that's going to be it for sequelitis. There's Uh, an earthquake. Halloween.